Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Ruth. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast and happy Monday after Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a really fantastic weekend. I did. I I really did have a good week, even though um, I was not able to get an episode up on Friday because once again, I was under the weather, unfortunately, and it it came at just the perfect time. It started Tuesday evening and lasted until basically Saturday. And as you guys can hear, I'm still not 100% back to normal, but I am good enough to do an episode and I am so excited about what we're going to talk about today because I think there's a lot of preconceived notions about the book of Ruth. I think a lot of people add stuff into it that shouldn't be added into it. And so we're going to talk about that over the next few days as we discuss the book of Ruth. But today I'm going to be talking about verses 1 through 13 of Ruth chapter 2. And I'll be reading out the W.E.B. as I usually do. But please go and grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea this morning. And also the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of And we will read Ruth chapter 2, 1 through 13 together. Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go now to the field and glean among the ears of grain, after him in whose sight I find favor. She said to her, Go, my daughter. She went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the portion of the field belonging to Boaz who was of the family of Elimelech. Behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, May Yahweh be with you. And they answered him, May Yahweh bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant, who was set over the reapers, Whose young lady is this? The servant who was set over the reapers answered, It is the Moabite lady who came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and is continued even from the morning until now, except that she rested a little in the house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, don't go to glean in another field, and don't go from here, but stay here close to my maidens. Let your eyes be on the field that they reap and go after them. Haven't I commanded the young men not to touch you? When you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from that which the young men have drawn. She fell on her face and bowed herself low to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight, that you should take knowledge of me since I am a foreigner? Boaz answered her, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father, your mother, and the land of your birth, and have come to the people that you didn't know before. May Yahweh repay your work, and a full reward be given to you from Yahweh, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, because you have comforted me and because you have spoke kindly to your servant, though I am not as one of your servants. So right away, we kind of get a feel of the, the personality of Boaz for a few reasons. The first reason being that Israel had just gone through a terrible famine and yet Boaz was extremely rich. So that shows that Boaz was a man of character probably a giver as well, as we're going to find out as we continue on reading the story. Boaz was very generous, and he had an excellent working relationship with his employees. 
as you can see, because they're blessing him and he's speaking kindly to them. And it seems like they are not afraid to come up and talk to him as well. So Boaz seems kind of like a generous, humble guy. And he's one of the few people in scripture, actually, that we know of that doesn't have a recorded sin. (laughs) And same with Ruth either, actually. In fact, this entire story is like a story of how God can guide you when you allow God to guide you, if that makes sense. So where we left off last week, Ruth was a Moabite woman, meaning she grew up in the land of Moab. She worshiped foreign gods and she didn't know Yahweh, but she married into the family of Naomi, her mother-in-law. And Naomi's family were Israelites who had fled Israel because of the famine and had moved into the land of Moab. So one of Naomi's sons married Ruth. And so Ruth started learning potentially about Yahweh through Naomi's influence and through her new family's influence. And Ruth ended up converting at some point in time. We know that because she travels with Naomi after all of the men in Naomi's family had died. So Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, lost her husband and lost her two sons. So Ruth and Naomi were now widows together. And being a widow at this time period was terrible. It was absolutely terrible because widows were considered like the lowest class citizens, basically. They weren't allowed to own land. They had to live off of what other people provided for them. And Naomi ends up traveling back to Israel from Moab and Ruth accompanies her. And Naomi was like, no, Ruth, like go back to your people, go back to Moab, stay in your family's house, get remarried, have children, worship your gods. Don't come to Israel with me, because if you come to Israel with me, you're going to be a foreigner. It's going to be a lot harder for you. Don't do that to yourself. And Ruth was like, no way I am going with you. I am converting to believing in Yahweh. I will become one of your people. So Ruth travels with Naomi, two widows together, and end up coming to Naomi's hometown, which was Bethlehem, the same Bethlehem that, of course, Jesus was born in. So they're in Bethlehem, and Bethlehem's a very little town. Of course, the second Naomi arrives, the entire town is in a stir. They're like, wow, Naomi is back. You know, after 10 to 15 years when she left, she's back. And this young woman is with her, this Moabite woman. And so she was kind of the talk of the town. So now we don't know where Naomi is living, maybe with a family member or something like that. And Ruth was also living with Naomi, we find out. But now Naomi and Ruth have to figure out how to survive. And that is where we leave off today. So it says in verse two, Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, let me go now to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I find favor. So what that means, because that's very old English, it means that Ruth is telling Naomi that she is going to go glean in a field wherever she can find somebody who will let her glean in the field. Now, gleaning means to pick up the pieces after the harvesters go through. (laughs) And in the Old Testament law, God actually put in place a security for widows and foreigners. It was called gleaning. And what that means is that the harvesters, when they went through the field, would drop little bits of grain for anybody who needed it to come in and take it. 
but God even told the harvesters to cut corners. So the harvesters weren't allowed to harvest the grain that was on the edges of the property. They had to leave that for the foreigners and for the widows and for the fatherless and, you know, the orphans, all that. They had to leave some of the grain specifically for the outcasts of Israel. And also, if they accidentally dropped grain along the way, they weren't supposed to pick it back up. They're supposed to leave that as well for anybody who needed it. And so that's what Ruth was going to go do. She was going to ask if she could glean the leftovers as the harvesters were going through. And Naomi says to her, go in peace, go do it, you know. So she happens, Ruth happens to come to this field that was owned by this man named Boaz. It's interesting how she happened to come upon it. And I don't believe Ruth knew what she was doing. She didn't know anybody in town, you know. She truly happened to go to that particular field. And that's because I think the Holy Spirit was guiding Ruth to where Ruth needed to be. Maybe Ruth saw this field and was like, oh, that one looks good. Or maybe it was the first field she happened to pass or something like that. But this was certainly the Holy Spirit guiding Ruth to this particular field. So Ruth is now in Boaz's field. And Boaz happened to be related, actually, to Naomi's late husband. It says in verse 1, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So this means that because Boaz was related to Naomi through marriage, that Boaz would have had some amount of responsibility in taking care of Naomi. In other words, he was the guardian redeemer. That's a phrase you're going to hear a lot in this book. Boaz had an amount of responsibility in taking care of Naomi. This means kind of like Boaz was a tribe leader, if that makes sense. So Ruth happens to go to Boaz's field, guided by the Holy Spirit, right? And Ruth is working away for hours and hours under the hot sun, gleaning whatever the harvesters left behind. So Boaz comes home from Bethlehem. And he goes to his field to see how everything's going because it's the busiest season of the year. You know, it's harvest time. And so Boaz is talking to his workers and he says to them in verse four, may Yahweh be with you. And they answered him, may Yahweh bless you. So this shows some character that Boaz had, you know, because he's unafraid to use Yahweh's name. He's unafraid to bless his workers And uh, it seems like he has a really great working relationship with his workers. And they they repeat their phrase back to him. They're like, may Yahweh bless you. Now, here's what is really interesting about Boaz. And I kind of alluded to this earlier. Boaz had great wealth right after a famine had happened. You know, a famine that caused Naomi and her family to leave to flee Israel. Somehow Boaz has great wealth right after this famine happens. And that's amazing because that shows the quality of Boaz's faith. He didn't leave Israel. He did what God told him to do. And because of that, Yahweh really blessed him. And this just shows that, you know, the, the law that God gave the Israelites is very true because God said, if you do the things in this law, I will bless you. And look at Boaz. He was blessed even in the middle of a famine. So Boaz blesses his workers the second he sees them. May Yahweh be with you. 
And then he notices Ruth, actually. And so he he calls his manager over and he's like, hey, who's the young woman over there gleaning in the fields? Like, I've never seen her before. And don't forget, Bethlehem was a very small town. So Boaz probably knew a lot of people there, especially if he was a man of standing in Bethlehem. He probably saw Ruth and was like, who is that? You know, like I, it's an unfamiliar face. I don't know her. And a lot of people have spun this story to act like Boaz had an immediate crush on Ruth or that Ruth was some sort of hot babe, you know, that Boaz wanted immediately. And I just I don't think that's what this is. Honestly, I think more than anything, he was just shocked to see a new face, especially in his field. Right. A, a poor person in his field. And so he asks his manager, he's like, who's the young woman? And so the manager's like, she is the Moabite lady who came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. She said to us, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and she's continued even from the morning until now, except that she rested a little while in the house. So the manager tells Boaz everything about Ruth. He's like, yeah, she came this morning as we were harvesting and asked to glean. And we said, yeah, you can do that. And she's been at it all morning, except she went into the, like the little hut to rest for a while. In other words, the manager noticed how well Ruth was working. And so he relays all of this back to Boaz. And I'm sure Boaz was had already heard about Ruth because remember, Naomi was like the talk of the town when she came back into town, right? And so he he heard about Ruth, how Ruth left her hometown and came to live in a, as a foreigner in Israel and how she was taking care of Naomi. And so Boaz was probably already impressed with the loyalty that Ruth had towards Naomi. And don't forget, Boaz knew that he was one of the guardian redeemers of Naomi's family. He knew that. And so he had a obligation to Naomi and probably was very thankful that Ruth also felt that same obligation to Naomi as well. So there's a lot going on here. I think that people like to spin to make it out like it's this crazy, creepy love story between Ruth and Boaz immediately. But I just I don't think that's what this is. So Boaz goes over to Ruth. He says, listen, Ruth, don't glean in another field. Stay right here next to the women who work for me. Stay here because if you go to another field, you might get hurt. Because don't forget, this is Israel in the middle of the worst time period. Basically, it's in the book of it's like in the middle of the book of Judges, you know, that creepy, crazy, chaotic time where young women would get raped in the streets. And so Boaz knows this. He's like, if you go to another field, the men may harass you. So stay right here in this field because my men are not going to harass you. In fact, I told them to not lay a finger on you, to not even touch you. So you're going to stay right here. You're going to glean in the fields next to my working women. And I will give you even water when you need it. So stay right here. And so Ruth is extremely appreciative of this because she's a foreigner, right? And she was probably looked down upon by most of the Israelites already at this point. And so she falls down on her knees, right, in a, a prostrating position. And she says to Boaz in verse 10, Why have I found favor in your sight that you should take knowledge of me since I'm a foreigner? And so Ruth is basically flabbergasted that Boaz would be so kind to her. And so she's 
extremely thankful that Boaz is telling her to not go to any other fields for the entire season, to stay there, to have water when she needs it, and that he's being kind to her because she's a she's the lowest class citizen you can possibly imagine, right? She's a foreign widow and a woman, and yet Boaz is treating her as if she's an equal. And he's coming to her level, he's speaking to her, he's not grossed out by her being a foreigner, nothing along those lines. And so once again, this shows the character of Boaz. He was a humble and generous man who didn't have to do this for Ruth at all. And I think, unfortunately, the the reason people spin this story to be some sort of like creepy love story between ugly old Boaz and beautiful young Ruth, you know, is because it is so rare to find somebody who is a selfless individual. And I think a lot of people have a hard time understanding selflessness. And Boaz is expressing like literal selflessness here. He wasn't in it to gain anything for himself. I think he truly wanted to help Naomi and Ruth. I think that's what this is. I don't think he had any other thoughts in his mind. And I think that because when Ruth asked Boaz to marry her, Boaz was surprised. He was like, really? Like, you want to marry me? Which means that it wasn't on his mind, right? It, he, he was a strong, powerful guy that probably could have gotten many wives if he wanted to. And yet he, he wasn't that type of person. He was a selfless individual. And I think this type of selflessness is so rare in the world that it's almost hard to fathom that Boaz likely didn't have anything else on his mind other than truly helping another fellow human being. I'm very thankful, actually, to know a Boaz in my life. And that would be my husband. He is truly one of the most selfless people and generous people I have ever met. And, you know, for me, I kind of am a very stingy person. I've talked about that before. I'm a huge cheapskate and I'm a very stingy person because I was raised very poor as well. And yet I've seen over the the nine years that I've been married to my husband, how much God is just continuing to bless and bless and bless. And it's not because of anything that we have done. I should mention that. It's not because my husband is generous, but it's because God is so kind. He's so kind. But friends, like I said at the beginning of this episode, this entire book is showing what God can do when you allow him to guide you. It's not just a cute little love story that we can't take anything from. This is God showing how generous and how wonderful he truly is to the people who love him and who worship him. Alrighty, faithful listeners. Well, hopefully my voice isn't so raspy tomorrow when, <laughs> when we do the Axe episode. But on Thursday, guys, I'm going to be having Greg Kokel on the podcast, okay? So I'm very much looking forward to that. That will be Thursday. We'll, we're going to be talking about his new book, Street Smarts. So make sure you tune in on Thursday and also tomorrow and Wednesday as well. <laughs> Just tune in every single day. That'd be the best. All right, guys, I'll see you all tomorrow for an episode out of Axe. And until then, happy listening. And God bless. Ooh.